You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. The other side of that is our response as believers in Jesus Christ, that we have strength that helps us overcome those things. We have a peace that is not the absence, uh, that doesn't mean the absence of the trouble, but God's presence through uh, those troubling times that helps us really overcome those uh, troubles, or at least overcome the fear that sometimes comes with those troubles. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. This is the last of our Summer Through Mark series, unpacking this week's message with two special guests. First, we have Crosstalk Pastor J.D. Wilhelm with us. J.D., thanks for being here. Oh, so glad to be here. And we got Lead Pastor Jose Avaroa in the house. Good morning, Taylor. Good to be here. And we're both refreshed because we're back from Mexico. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced great things and now ready to roll. I was about to ask y'all, what are some of the quick highlights just before oh, we get started? Go. Because you kind of opened up your message that way, Jose, uh-huh. tying in kind of things that God was teaching you and then how that wove into to the message from Sunday. I'll let JD uh, answer first. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I I was just really impressed with the when we're in relationship with the people who are involved in the church down there, how much faith they have that God is going to provide what they need to continue to minister to the people in their community and the people in their city, whether that is the new church building and how God is going to provide the resources to build that or just how much they are doing with so little and how often I get caught up in, well, if I only had more money in the budget or only if I had more people or if I had the right location or all of these things that it's like, I want to be able to analytically plan and think through how to do ministry well. And they throw themselves fully independence upon God for God to provide for them to be able to do the ministry they feel called to in their city. That's a great recap. I, uh, I Personally, I just feel so energized when I'm down there and uh, connecting with friends and conversations with dear people. Um, so it was fun to be there with a smaller team this time and we got to move around and, and uh, yeah, catch up after two years of being gone. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. So one of the things that you kind of opened up your message with Jose was just the acknowledgement that you saw both in Mexico, but then even here, just the idea that there is heavy stuff in this world. And so I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit as you prepared for the message. What were some of the key things that God was showing you as you both uh, prepare for the message, but also coming back from this trip and just thinking about uh, what the body needed to hear this week? Yeah. So it's, it, it looks two different ways. One is the acknowledgement that there's a lot of heavy stuff uh, in the world, so that this isn't just exclusive to our context here in in Wimberley, Hayes County, San Marcos, Texas, the United States, but this is um, a a fact and always has been um, forever that there's heavy stuff that we deal with. I think that has only uh, been accentuated with these last few years of, of global strife through the pandemic. But The other side of that is our response as believers in Jesus Christ, that we have strength that helps us overcome those things. We have a peace that is not the absence, uh, that doesn't mean the absence of the trouble, but God's presence through uh, those troubling times that helps us really overcome those uh, troubles, or at least overcome the fear that sometimes comes with those troubles. And that happened to me on Sunday last week when we were worshiping with 
um, our brothers and sisters there in Mexico. I mean, they they worship so uh, boldly, so loudly. It's very loud, <laughs> and it was so cool to to be a part of that. And then think, man, this is the same hope that we all hold on to, no matter where we call home, what language we speak, what culture we come from. This is the hope of the world, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And one of the things that you kind of touched on is that we'll cover throughout this podcast is John 16, 33, just this key verse that Jesus is saying that he has told us all these things so that because in this world, we will have trouble, but take heart because he has overcome the world. And so just kind of unpacking that verse a little bit and even just thinking about how Jesus encountered his own sense of Uh, I just wrote down some of these notes. You said, Jose, about abandoned. He was rejected, overlooked, misunderstood, betrayed, and mocked. So I'd love to kind of bring both of y'all in on this and just start by talking about what significance does it play that we can sit back and recognize that Jesus really has lived what we've lived through and experienced some of the the hardships that we have on this side of heaven. I think uh, I, I fall back on when we look at the identity of Jesus that we see throughout the gospel and specifically the gospel of Mark, I mean, starting in uh, Mark 1, 1, the, him being identified as the son of God, as mm-hmm. you pointed out yesterday, Jose, what you really see the cool part there is both his humanity and his divinity played out throughout the narrative. And so when you look at that verse in, in the book of John, that he has had trouble, that, that points to his humanity, that we have a God who has come, who has broken into time and space and dwelled among real people in recordable history. And so he knows what it means to to have trouble in the same way that we have trouble, which to me, that gives me hope. Mm -hmm. Because I know that that I have a Savior who knows what it's like to feel the feelings when we show up at the airport in Santiago and I'm stressed out of my mind because the the security line is three hours long and we <laughs> only have two hours until a flight. And, and that's a very trivial sort of example of something like that. But I know that he has experienced those sorts of feelings. So I have, I have an under, he has empathy for me and teaches me what it means to respond in a godly and biblical way in those circumstances. Yeah, I'm just glad to hear that I'm not the only one that stresses out at airports. <laughs> we we got out of that one. Um, praise God. We were ushered into a line that by the by the grace of God yes, yes. <laughs> expedited our our um, our process. Anyway, I, I I love that, JD, and I think that's so good. It is interesting. I didn't talk about this yesterday, but thinking about other ways to God, other religions, other uh, you know. There's always a way or a leader that you look to, but there's no other, you know, God that actually came down um, and and made himself human. Not only that, but was obedient to the point of death uh, in order to have relationship with um, their followers. And in this case, you know, Jesus is one with the Father. He's our creator. And that is incredibly deep and is always relevant to um, whatever we may be going through, we can stop and and remember that and think, man, that is really awesome. And there's really no other portion of scripture that is as emotional or as sometimes um, hard to read than, than the cross, because that's the price that he paid. Yeah. And I love one of the things that you touched on with the cross as we kind of went through Mark 15 this week, as we close out the series. And it's normally a story that we've probably heard before in any length of time in church. Jose, I liked how you recognize it's like normally something we talk about on Good Friday or on Easter, but we didn't just reserve it for those Sundays. You brought it in really tried to like 
just unpack it for us in the context of the greater narrative going on throughout the summer of Mark that we've been following. So I'd love to kind of ask y'all both practically, having heard the story of the cross many times and probably many more times in your lifetime, how does it stay new? I think for some people that are either listening or were there on Sunday, it's like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard that before. I've, I've read these stories before. But but what is it about the significance of the story that's even just helpful for y'all personally to kind of remember and hear this story and just the, the impact the cross has had? Yeah, that's a good question, Taylor. For me, this time, what was new was the Roman centurion. I, I hadn't, I had, that hadn't really um, popped out. It, I didn't realize how many characters uh, the word, the Gospel of Mark, actually emphasized and focused in on. And the Roman centurion was the loudest for me, the way that he had looked up at the cross, looked at Jesus, and he saw the way that he um, was dying. And that's something struck him. We don't know what exactly. We don't know what he was doing before. We don't have a lot of information, but we know that he responded with faith and with understanding that Jesus was the Son of God. That uh, blessed me. And so I would say reading the narrative is really important. Just sticking to reading the Bible and reading the the, the cross and uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and allowing that to speak to you new things about uh, what the cross signifies for, for us. I would add to that, and something that I've been learning is so much of our schooling and our education is reading for information. It's reading to comprehend, it's reading to notice details, it's reading for understanding, it's reading to remember things and recall things later in time. And so oftentimes, when we read the Bible, we bring that same approach into reading the Word. So it's about information gathering and information extraction. And for me, what has really been formational in, quite frankly, only in the last month, it has been allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and to move in, in my life, inviting Him into my reading where it's not about information reception and or gathering, but it's mm -hmm. about... What does God want to do in me and through me through the work of the Holy Spirit and allowing that to speak to me personally? Yeah. And so it's resisting my urge to be analytical and information focused. And it's saying, God, what do you have for me in this? Lord, what are you stirring in my heart in the same way? And I think that's what allows something like the Roman centurion to stick out for the first time is when we are open and receptive to the movement of the Spirit as he guides us into new understanding. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Both of those, y'all. And one what, thing, what would you add to that, Taylor? <laughs> no, I, no, I think that that both of y'all, what you said, as far as both on the application side and just really seeing, letting it speak to where I'm at in the time that I'm reading it and really trying to connect the dots there because I think that God's, I mean, just the example that Jesus had for us, both the humility, the sacrifice, um, just the forgiveness and grace that he gave and, and all of that in the cross and what it represents. I think that, Again, moving from the head knowledge to the heart and really thinking about, okay, how do I live differently this week? And, and not even just trying to think big picture, but just even this week, what are ways in which I can live differently in light of that? I think that that's something that I naturally don't do because I have heard it a million times or at least a lot. And so I'm like, oh yeah, the cross. But but really praying and, and seeking to have that significance the way when I first heard about it and just the impact it had on me and trying to live that out on a daily basis. So. That's kind of what, what I would add to that. But one of the aspects of the cross that uh, he put on display was this forgiveness and uh, a kind of a key 
theme that you mentioned, Jose, was this idea of forgiving first before repentance occurs. And so I'd love for us to camp out there for just a little bit real quick and kind of I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit deeper and then even just think about how do how do we live that out practically in, a, in this week or just to come when it comes to this this kind of concept of forgiveness before <laughs> repentance? Yeah, this is a lifetime process of learning and growing in this area. Uh, I would simply say that we forgive because he first forgave us. So if we see our forgiveness as uh, some sort of conditional um, thing that we are doing in order to receive something, then we're really not responding to the cross of Jesus because there were no conditions. He, he forgave us. I, I was thinking yesterday um, that, and I don't, I don't think I said this from the stage, but really he, I mean, if you think about it, he's forgiven every person's sins that has ever walked on the planet, zero conditions, you know, no, Hey, say this or do that or, or believe this first or come to church. None of that. That is a fact. The gospel was, is for the world. It's not just for Christians, Americans, fill in the blank. Uh, it's for everyone. So that really gives us the um, ability to respond to that by forgiving others in that same way. So just releasing somebody else that has wronged you, saying, you know, that wasn't okay. Um, and I, again, I didn't go through this yesterday, but forgiveness does not mean that you are saying that what someone did to you is right. No, it was wrong, especially, you know, certain things that hurt us deeply. Uh, the hardest part about forgiveness is that it, it, it really hurt. It was really wrong. Um, but when we respond to the gospel of Jesus, um, to the cross, when we forgive, we're not saying that something is uh, right that someone did to us. And we're also uh, saying that we, we do release that person from any sort of grudge and bitterness and, and unforgiveness that we may be storing in our hearts. So um, it's a process, but again, Jesus forgave us on the cross without any condition. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So one thing too there to unpack that you mentioned was this idea of sin and mm -hmm. breaking it down into three categories and give a shout out to Terry Brushaver. She submitted a question to the email oh, address. Wow. And so she would love to hear, okay, I'll, let me break down the first three. So we've got sin done by us, sin done by others, and then sin done around us. So her question is specifically on asking about examples of that third one, the sin around us. Yeah. But I think it'd be cool for both of y'all to kind of unpack just all three of those. Well, I'll start there because that is confusing. So um, if we go back to Levitical law, there were certain things, certain strange laws that you would, uh, like if you were in the presence of, for example, a dead person, you were deemed unclean. Or if you touched a dead person, you were unclean. And so you had to go through all these rituals to wash. Well, what's up with that? Simply put, I understand it to, to mean um, that you God can't be around the consequence of sin, which is death. And so there must be some cleansing that needs to take place. That dead body, for example, uh, in, in Old Testament, yeah, that has nothing to do with sin done to us or sin done by us. It's just around, but still that person was, you know, I have quotation marks, contaminated. And so they need to be cleaned. And I would relate that to today when we're in a traumatic experience. So for example, I've been at the scene of certain car wrecks um, that, you know, you just see chaos all around, you see brokenness. Uh, one time there was a fatality after that car wreck and, and you leave, you know, 
trauma, with trauma, right? You, you bring that on you. Did you deserve it? No. Did you, did you cause it or does someone mean that to, to hurt you? No, not necessarily. It's just a result of our broken world. And so Jesus carried that weight on the cross and, and he brings about healing, first of all, by understanding that we live in a broken world, but second, that he's on mission to make all things new. And so we can receive restoration and healing this side, uh, but ultimately we're looking at a new heaven and a new earth where all things will be made right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, so I want to close up with this uh, particular passage here in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 that Jose, you mentioned, and I can just read it real quick for us, but it's, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So I'd love to bring both of y'all into this, this piece here. Uh, I feel like there's so much to unpack here. We've covered the sin aspect here as far as wanting us to um, throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that easily entangles us, but then also just the example that Jesus has for us. And so this last part here is, is reminding us that to look to the example, remind ourselves of the cross so that we do not grow weary or lose heart. And so I'd love to kind of, again, both of those kind of concepts, how do we, how do we keep at it? Because I think of so many people, if, if they're like me, it's like, it sounds good on Sunday and I'm going to really try hard this week, but then it just gets tiring or it's just like things don't go the way that I want. So how do we really uh, just not grow weary and how do we not lose heart when there's so many, uh, not even just terrible things, but just, it can just get tiring and just it can get uh, difficult just in even the little things in life. So what would maybe be some encouragement that both of y'all would have for someone that's just in that boat where they want to get there, uh, but it, it can definitely be be wearisome and, uh, and disheartening? I would start by with the reminder, and I have to remind myself of this on a very regular basis, that it's Jesus plus nothing. And so when I, what I do and what loads me down with burdens that I can't bear is when I take the gospel and I say, I believe that that is true. And here are all of these outside things that I have to do then in addition to trusting in the work of the cross that make me right before God. And so yeah. I need to be reading. I need to be studying. I need to spend this much time in prayer. These are the conversations I need to have. This is the way in which I need to approach life. And I just add this unbelievable weight onto my own shoulders that I can't bear. And so first, it's a recognition that it is only by the cross of Jesus Christ that I have life and life to the fullest. And so it's a recognition of that. And then the other thing for me, and this is huge when it comes for me to the sin that I do, the sin that is done unto me and the sin around me is that I pick up my head as I am chasing after Jesus and I look at who is also running in the same lane as me and I say, I need those people in community around me because it is so easy to get bogged down by my own sin. It's so easy to get bogged down by the sin that is done to me and just in the sin in the, sin in the world around me that I lose focus of Jesus and so I need somebody in my life who points me back to Jesus in those moments where I tend to falter, where I tend to add all of this stuff to myself, who just says, here's the truth of the gospel, be reminded of it and live in the freedom of it. Incredibly well said. I would add um, verse three of Hebrews 12 says, uh, the NLT says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. The NIV and the ESV say, consider him. And so I would say, consider 
Jesus every day. Just think about him and allow uh, that to, you know, help you remember that he's all you need. He's all you need today and tomorrow and the next day. And he will lead you to community. He will lead you to this podcast, to church, to things that we do so that we remember what he did for us. Died on the cross. He submitted himself. He was obedient to the point of death on the cross. And then he gave us hope by resurrecting from the dead. And that's the hope that we have that helps us overcome the troubles of this world. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.